Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering. One bank teller instead of the usual five. Slow, fast food lines. Simply not enough staff. Grandma's Office Catering avoided the mass exodus with the respect, appreciation, better wages, and now health insurance. That's how Grandma continues to wow. Grandma'sCatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. Today is Tuesday, May 3rd. Coming up, the life and legacy of a revered local artist who passed away last weekend. But first, some headlines. Members of activist group Casey Tenants disrupted a Jackson County legislature meeting yesterday to protest the county forcing mobile home park residents to move in order to build a new jail. KCUR's Salisa Kalakal has more. Residents of Hart Mobile Village and Casey Tenants members shouted chants accusing Jackson County of being, quote, cruel and incompetent. The disruption occurred as the legislature decided to hold an ordinance allocating nearly $3 million to begin building the new jail at the site of Hart Mobile Village. Zoila Guzman, who lives at the mobile home park, says she wants the legislature to treat the village's residents like human beings. If they need a jail, I need a house. That's the only thing I asked for. The legislature will hold a public hearing on the ordinance next Tuesday. Three months after Missouri Attorney General Eric Schmidt sued 47 school districts over their mask mandates, just four of those lawsuits live on. KCUR's Dan Margulies reports. The four include Schmidt's lawsuit against the Lee Summit School District, which has countersued and asked a judge to rule that Schmidt, who was running for the U.S. Senate, overstepped his bounds. The district argues that the Missouri Constitution, quote, does not establish the attorney general as an autocrat in chief whose orders on any topic of the day must be obeyed, unquote. Recently, the Missouri Senate overwhelmingly refused to restore $500,000 it cut from Schmidt's budget in retaliation for the lawsuits, according to the Missouri Independent. Most people in Kansas and Missouri have had COVID-19, according to new federal estimates. KCUR's Alex Smith reports. More than 62 percent of people in Kansas had COVID-19 at least once as of the end of February. That's according to estimates based on testing for antibodies in blood samples, which were collected for lab work. The federal data, which were updated last week, also show that nearly 56 percent of Missourians have been infected at least once. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention say that the testing did not determine the amount of antibodies in the blood samples, so the data should not be used to estimate how many people may have developed immunity immunity to the virus. Missouri Governor Mike Parson has denied clemency for a St. Louis County man set to be executed today for a 1996 double murder. KCUR's Luke Martin has more. Missouri will execute 56-year-old Carmen Deck as ordered by the state Supreme Court, according to a news release from the governor's office Monday. Groups like Missourians for alternatives to the death penalty have sought clemency in the case. They say Deck faced immeasurable violence, abuse, and neglect as a child. Deck was convicted three times in the killings, but his sentence was also overturned three times before being reinstated in 2020 by federal judges. Barring a last-second stay, his execution is scheduled for Tuesday evening in Bonterre, Missouri. Local artist Wilbur Newald died this past Saturday at the age of 97. He taught at the Kansas City Art Institute for more than 40 years and was often seen painting in Loose Park. Newald was revered equally for his artistic talent and his friendships around Kansas City. KCUR's Steve Kraske spoke with local artist Nina Irwin and Bill Haw, who sold Newald's paintings on Up to Date. Here's part of their conversation on Newald's life and legacy. 
Joining me now to remember the life of Wilbur Niewald, Nina Irwin is an artist in the Livestock Exchange Building in the West Bottoms who worked down the hall from Wilbur for about 20 years. Bill Hall sold Wilbur's work at the Hall Contemporary Gallery, also in the West Bottoms. Bill, put him on the map for us here. He was a highly regarded painter. Tell us about his work. He really painted in a wide range of styles over time from from the early 50s through uh, 1970. He painted um, completely abstractly. And then in 1970, he switched over to representational. And then over the the 52 or 53 years since then, um, that's pretty much what he did. And he he kind of jumped between portraits, nudes, landscapes, and still lifes. How long have you represented his work? Um, ever since uh, I started doing the gallery in 2013, and before that he was with Dolphin, um, so he's been in that building for quite some time. Nina, how did you regard Wilbur's work? Wilbur's work was um, a perfect reflection of who he was. It looked like classical painting. It looked like... Um, paintings that I had studied and admired in my art history books. But through the years, I could see that actually Wilbur wasn't trying to be a certain kind of painter. Uh, He was just exactly uh, the painter that he was. What he saw, how he saw the world, that is what I was seeing on his uh, canvas. Hmm. You know, Nina, Bill just mentioned that uh, Wilbur had made this big switch in his career from abstraction to realism back in the early 70s or so. Why did he make that change? He told me that he was, um, I think that uh, that abstraction was not simplicity. And he realized that it was really just simpler instead of exactly what what, uh, kind of I was saying, that instead of trying to do something, why not just do it directly? And he realized that just looking at the world and painting what he saw was just a more direct way to be an artist. And this was reflected in his entire life. It was simplicity. He wore the exact same clothing every day Hmm. for 20 years. There was no reason to buy new clothes. (laughs) Uh, He knew what worked. He wore it every single day. Never saw him in anything but his jeans and a blue uh, denim shirt, and it was simple, and therefore he could do what he did the best that he could. Didn't waste time on, on little details. Bill, my sense is there's been a steady market for his work going back many, many years. How would you describe it? Um, well, there really has been, Steve. It's it's actually been nationwide, and he's, he's exhibited nationwide ever since the 50s. Uh, most recently, uh, in 2017, he had a... Um, a solo retrospective at the New York Studio School, where he had also taught in the past. But that's uh, a fairly prestigious, uh, prestigious accomplishment, isn't it? Well, it really is, and and we uh, we supported the exhibition and flew out, and the turnout was kind of amazing. It's a little space in New York, and it was packed with people from start to finish, and um, not only kind of people related to the school, but um, people came out from Kansas City, a whole range of artists who he had influenced over the years um, during uh, the time he taught at the Art Institute showed up and pretty special. But I'd say that I'd say that the market is still in terms of, you know, where the paintings are living now and the collections they're in is still mostly in the Midwest. Because hmm. I think in addition to just, you know, their um, their their beauty and their value as paintings, I think 
all the other layers of connection that people felt to Wilbur in the Midwest really made really made it special. You know, Nina, what struck me about Wilbur, and so many Kansas Cityans will uh, appreciate this, is that he worked out of doors, sometimes in the dead of summer, sometimes when it was pretty chilly outside, too. What should I take from that? Wilbur, um, Wilbur's devotion to his work, nothing got in the way of it. It didn't matter. Actually, he, I, he happened to enjoy the 100-degree weather. He always told me he loved it out there. He liked getting some sun. He did not mind the cold at all. Whatever he needed to do to do his work. Um, in his late 80s and early 90s, a snowy, icy day, uh, lots of people in the building would stay home. Wilbur was there. Wilbur, <laughs> Wilbur never missed his work. And so he was simply, um, it was really his dedication and devotion to his work. Nothing was going to stand in the way. You know, Nina, I'm struck by the fact that you worked down the hall from him for so many years. What kind of office uh, friend was he down there in the in the yeah. Livestock Exchange building? He was a wonderful friend. He was very low-key. Wilbur did the same thing every day. I, I knew that I was going to hear his footsteps go by my studio multiple times a day. He uh, often uh, kind of popped in just to say hi just at the door, he would he was very friendly and a thoughtful neighbor, completely humble, really never 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 thinking too much about himself. He was thinking about his work a lot, but he was just a, a, a wonderful, uh, cheerful person every day of his life. I really never saw him down. Hmm. He uh, he was a, a, a light for all of us. Of, of happiness and joy. Bill, he lost his wife of 73 years, uh, Jerry, in February. I have no doubt that was a heavy blow to him. This was really interesting. Well, it was probably his last huge gift to all of us. He, um, he, he, they were together for so long. She was his, his whole life in many ways. But boy, he, was, he, he got up again and came to work every day, was cheerful and doing his work. I think he was very faithful. He would see his wife again, but there was work to do at hand, and we were all amazed with his attitude toward life. Huh. Bill, what would you add there? Well, I'd agree with what Nina said. Um, uh, I mean, Jerry played a huge role, not just in his personal life, but also in his career. And, and you know, um, because of their age, they weren't really – tech savvy or anything like that, but Jerry had meticulous records of every single sale um, on ledger paper, um, pretty much everything to do with with everything about Wilbur's career. So echoing Nina, I was surprised, um, even though he, he was obviously grieving and obviously loved Jerry very much, that he just continued moving forward. Um, hmm. uh, it was it, it was surprising and quite impressive. Well, he was quite a guy. Artist Wilbur Newald has died at age 97. I want to thank Bill Hall and Nina Irwin for sharing their memories of him. Thank you both so much. That was KCUR's Steve Kraske speaking to Bill Hall and Nina Irwin. We have a correction for our conversation with Flatland reporter Cami Coons on our Thursday, April 28th episode. The Grain Belt Express would generate the equivalent of about seven Hawthorne coal plants and would connect it with the SPP, MISO, and PJM grids. 
This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia Dean. This podcast is produced by Byron Love, Trevor Grandin, and KCUR Studios, and edited by Lisa Rodriguez. If you like our show, please rate and review us on your favorite podcast app. Tomorrow, we'll feature a conversation with the first transgender lawmaker in Kansas. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you soon.